Welcome to the Find the Good Mamahood podcast. I'm Caitlin Carpio-Futchner, and I'm so excited to spend some time with you. This is a place where I talk with other mamas about their favorite tips, tricks, and resources, and also celebrate the joys of mamahood by sharing real stories and experiences. New moms, veteran moms, moms-to-be, this podcast is for you. I hope our honest chats about the highs and lows of mamahood help you find joy wherever you are in your journey. I am so glad you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number two. This one is especially fun. We are going to kick off a new series called COVID Moms, and it's going to be all about talking about the unique experiences of moms during COVID. And don't worry, it won't all be downers. There will be some laughs. There will be some fun stories. And we'll talk about how COVID has provided some fun things, some unique opportunities, some unexpected blessings. And I'm really excited to hear those stories and share them with you. Today, I have my friends Dana Kalajanin and Carly Reilly, and all of us have something in common in that we became first-time moms in 2020. I had Coda, and uh, Carly had Hadley, and Dana had Emma, and the fun thing actually about Emma is that she was born a day after Coda. (laughs) So Coda was born February 21st, and Emma came right the next day and surprised us all. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. It's so fun to be here with you. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I would love for you guys to share some about yourselves with our listeners. So I am Carly Really, like Caitlin mentioned, and my husband is Evan Really. We've been married for nearly five years, and we had a daughter in June named Hadley Grace. She was quite the surprise to us. We thought we just had a great case of food poisoning, but there yeah, she okay. is. There she is. Um, my my work is I helped launch a small home decor business called Alabaster and Elm, actually with Dana, and I am the director of marketing there. And so that has been really fun and life-giving and just a sweet creative outlet for me as I've um, entered into motherhood. Yeah, and my name is Dana. Um, My husband is Mark and my baby is Emma. She is almost a year now, um, as you could have (laughs) noted from her birthday, maybe. Um, I am the director of design at Alabaster and Elm. Which essentially means she makes all things beautiful. That's very kind. Um, yes, I love to design all the things in my free time. I like to rearrange my house all the time. Um, and I also, in my free time, like to play board games and can be pretty competitive. So And watch The Bachelor. We love you, too. Matt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you watch The Bachelor together? Sometimes. <laughs> we have a group text with some ladies that if we can't watch together, we do all, we talk all things. <laughs> nice. Bachelor throughout the week. That's really cool. Well, I'm really glad to have you guys on the podcast. Thanks for coming and chatting with me. We're all new at this and oh, it's going to yeah. be super fun. Yeah, <laughs> such an honor, Caitlin. We're so proud of you and so excited for this podcast. Thank you. So we are talking about becoming a mom during a pandemic which has never happened 
quite like this before. Um, and, you know, none of us were expecting, I think, uh, the things, the challenges that COVID has brought us. But I want to hear specifically what expectations you had about the whole process of being a mom before COVID. And then what was the actual reality? You know, how did those things change? Yeah. Um, so I definitely... I, so I had watched my little sister, um, for about a year, um, before I even got pregnant. And so I had a lot of expectations that it would look pretty similar to that, um, where I would kind of, I took her around, um, to hang out with friends. I took her to the park all the time, to the library. Um, I, would do all kinds of fun activities with her. Um, and so I was always out of the house with her. Um, I just really enjoyed that. And I had kind of just learned that that was um, just what worked for us. And so I had expected that with Emma, um, since I'm a pretty social person. Um, so that's pretty an obvious one that that yeah. is not what actually happened. Um, mm -hmm. So I was pretty let down. Um, and in a lot of ways, that really kind of affected me postpartum. Um, so, you know, I, we had expected to have a few weeks, you know, with it being kind of towards the end of flu season, we expected to have a few weeks in right after I gave birth, um, but definitely didn't expect like a whole year. So mm -hmm. that was, that was a pretty big letdown. Yeah. How about you, Carly? Yeah. So a part of my story is my husband and I, we fostered twin newborns from birth all the way up to eight months old um, before we had Hadley. And so that was my experience with infants was these twins. Um, and with foster care, oftentimes, I would say, especially because it was our first placement, it was so much adrenaline. It was so exciting. You get the call. You have to race to the hospital. Like, they're ready for you now. It's just, just crazy. Like, yeah. when we got the call, we had to, like, go to the hospital immediately. We had friends break into our house to, like, set up a crib <laughs> for us. Like, insane. Insane. But so exciting. And so... Um, we kind of just like rode that wave of like adrenaline for months, I feel like. And with foster care, every single day is a gift. You really don't know, um, what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow's not guaranteed with these children, um, through like extended family could just show up out of nowhere. Um, a million different things could happen. So we really just like savored every single moment with these babies, mm -hmm. um, and it was just such a joy. So that was our experience. And also, I feel like because we went from no parents to twins overnight, like we just had so many people rallying for us. Like, I mean, every single day we had people coming by and bringing meals and just wanting to take turns holding the twins so that we could shower or whatever. So that was kind of like my expectation that I thought was going to happen. Right. Um, with Hadley. And again, yeah, Hadley was a very, very wild surprise. <laughs> so I think too, there was less excitement from the start versus the twins. It like we did choose that in a way. Um, 
And so, yeah, my pregnancy in general, I wasn't super excited. Um, I was like really wrestling with the timing of it all. We had just lost the twins. Um, they, it's too long of a story, but they are with extended, extended family and it is a good situation now. Um, but we had literally just like had them leave our home and it was days later that I found out I was pregnant. So it was like just a lot of different emotions with that. Um, I didn't know how to process all of that. Um, and so, yeah, having had Lee, (laughs) I definitely did not experience that same adrenaline. Um, after labor, I, <laughs> every day, pretty much still seven months later, feel like I wake up and I'm like hit by a truck in the face. And I'm like, what? Whoa, this is real life. Okay. Like just so tired. We're mm-hmm. doing sleep training right now. So that's adding <laughs> to the tiredness, but yeah. So like just total opposite of like, feeling this wild excitement and adrenaline to something that was so unexpected. And it's not just like a light switch. And I feel like in the Christian realm, like that's not talked about a lot. Like if you're married and you get pregnant, like, I think, I don't know, like the unspoken thing is like, Oh, you're just supposed to be so excited. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't like, I was really struggling with that. And so again, it was not just this light switch for me. Um, Even meeting her, like, it's just taken time. It's taken time to bond and yeah, did not feel adrenaline. I'm still feeling tired and (laughs) often surviving most days. And I am Mm -hmm. so glad she's here, but just totally different experiences and very different expectations for sure. Yeah. Those are really good. Very honest. Can you go back to, you touched on this a little bit, but when you were pregnant with Hadley, uh, so you were pregnant with Hadley, um, you know, for the fall, the spring, and then COVID hit and you were still pregnant. And then, you know, you were pregnant for a few months as COVID started to grow and affect things. And then you had her in June, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was all affecting your pregnancy plans, your, I guess your labor and delivery plans. So as you were pregnant, how was COVID affecting you? How was it making you feel? Yeah. In a way, I feel really blessed. So I was teaching um, pre-K at the time, yeah, last spring, and our school essentially closed down. We went to virtual, virtual learning. And so actually, that was a really sweet gift for me because I didn't have to like worry really about getting COVID. I could teach from my home. So that was a huge blessing. Mm. And this job allowed him to do the same Um, so such a gift that is definitely, I'm beyond thankful for that and just thankful for the principal of that school. She just made that transition so easy for all of us. Um, but like, yeah, with our doctor's appointments that it got like more and more intense. Like there were, there was a certain point where Evan wasn't allowed to even come in, um, with me at all for the ultrasounds or anything. There was one um, appointment in particular, I forget how far along I was. I was probably like 22 weeks and I hadn't felt her move at all Wow! for like a certain amount of days. And and so I called and went in and they were gracious enough to let Evan like sneak back into the room with me just in case, you know, Mm. some hard news. But 
yeah, so I feel like it just got more intense. Evan couldn't come. You know, you had to wear masks. Everyone had to be social distance in the waiting room. And then they mm-hmm. were definitely pumping fear into you. I think because, you know, so much of it was new with COVID. Like, I don't think their intention was to make us so scared, but I think they just wanted to protect us as much as they could. And they were still learning every single week as it kept, you know, the news kept changing and such. So yeah. Towards the end of uh, my pregnancy, you know, it was, they were saying you need to isolate because if you were to get COVID, even being asymptomatic, like you would have to be separated from your baby at birth and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And so I became super paranoid of getting COVID just because I couldn't imagine giving birth and having my child ripped away, you know, the second that she arrived into the world. So I was. I was pretty anxious, um, leading up to birth for sure. Um, and then a little bit after, but again, I don't think the doctors and nurses were like had ill intention. You know what I mean? In that, I think they genuinely, genuinely were trying to just like protect and care well for their patients. But yeah, it was definitely, definitely scary. And so confusing, you know, to know, especially as a believer, like holding this, things in both hands of like, God, I trust you, but just because I trust you doesn't mean I'm not going to get COVID, you know? Yeah. Like I don't believe in the prosperity. (laughs) And so it's just that, like, I want to be wise yet. Like I do trust the Lord. So it it was hard to figure out. I mean, still in all of life's things, that's hard to figure out. Yeah. Dana, you said the hardest for you was during, um, new, during, Emma's first few months of life when she was a newborn. How was that for you? How were you feeling then? Yeah, um, it actually pretty heavily affected um, my kind of first two months with her. Um, Basically, about two to three weeks after I gave birth was when everything started to shut down. So we had like a really good two weeks where we were able to have family over. Um, we had a lot of help, a lot of support meals for coming in. Yeah. Just had a lot of, um, people around us, a lot of community, which made it a lot easier. Um, like my mom would come and stay the night or be here for a long while in the evening. And that's when it's like, you need any chance to sleep you can get. So it was so helpful. But then, all of a sudden, we don't know what's going on, like things are starting to shut down. I was having a really hard time breastfeeding. Um, That was really, really, really tough for me. Um, And so we had to, and Emma had a tongue and lip tie. So we had had an appointment with a lactation consultant. um, And then we got those uh, two taken care of. Uh, the tongue and the lip tie. Um, And then we had an appointment to go back to the lactation consultant. And it was the very first day that they shut everything down, um, like canceled all appointments. And I didn't know I showed up and my husband couldn't even come with me. I was still in pain, but I had to carry Emma in her car all the way, like from like the where the lactation consultant was, was on the opposite side of where the one entryway was, you know, so I'm having to carry him all the way over there just to find out that they weren't even doing their appointments. Like they had, it was, yeah, it was the first day they canceled all of their appointments 
for outpatient stuff. Um, and so that was a huge letdown. And like, it was kind of the one thing I could hold on to was like, I'm really trying my best to figure out this breastfeeding thing. And it was really hard, but like I could, you know, go back to my lactation consultant. She was awesome and so helpful. Um, but when I couldn't actually see her, I basically was like, I don't even know what to do. Like I had to go to full-time pumping because it was, it was so painful. I mean, at that time it was like a little over a month in that I had had Emma and it was still not going well. And I'm crying constantly, you know, postpartum and you know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you moms know. (laughs) Um, so that was, yeah, that was really, really tough for me to come to terms with. Like I wanted to be as natural as possible. Um, but I kind of just had to be okay with pumping and it's like, I'm still getting my baby breast milk, but like, I just Mm -hmm. couldn't, like, I couldn't figure it out. I, you know, we, no one knew what was going on. So I'm like, there's no virtual visits at that time with a lactation consultant. The whole idea of that freaked me out, honestly, in the first place, but like, I the whole idea of what, um, virtual, like, oh yeah, visits with a lactation consultant. (laughs) Oh no. Like I'm sitting there like <laughs> YouTubing videos how <laughs> on how to breastfeed and you feel so naughty. I feel I felt very odd. Like I obviously I'm not the only one who's looking them up, but like that's what I had to resort to. Like I didn't have someone there in person helping me. And so um yeah, that was really tough. I kind of just had to be okay with it. I went to full time pumping. Um but that was kind of just something that was like, okay, I wasn't expecting to not have any help, you know, like I, I was already somewhat on the edge, like on the border of whether or not to breastfeed. But I was like, I really, really wanted to give it my best shot. And it like for a little while, I was pretty bitter towards COVID, I think, because it was like, I'm really trying, like I have just spent the last month in pain and agony so that I can figure this out with my baby and to have that ripped away. Like I, yeah, I felt pretty defeated. So that was probably the hardest part. And we had an entire week once they shut everything down that we were like, okay, we can't see anyone like the same thing. You know, you hear from the doctor, like isolate, like you have a newborn. We don't know what this is. So we're, isolating and it's an entire week and that you know that doesn't sound like very long but when you have a newborn as a first-time parent you have no idea what is going on you don't know what to do um you need all the help you can get because you are just completely exhausted out of your mind like your baby is up all night I remember texting you are you awake (laughs) yeah seriously you'd kind of yeah you had to Oh my god. A way to find community because it had just all been kind of taken away. So, yeah, those two things are really hard. Um and then to navigate, you know, bringing family back into the picture with a newborn, you know, it's covid and flu season mm-hmm. and so you're yeah, you're trying to figure out what's best for your baby um not knowing what's going on and yeah really hard and yeah breastfeeding kind of 
being taken away was a pretty hard pill to swallow for a little while. Yeah, I remember we were so excited to go to that same lactation consultant to her support group, to her breastfeeding (laughs) support group. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to be able to bring the baby. And it's like at our cop, like a local coffee shop. And we're going to be so cool. Like, I can get out of the house, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so looking forward to it. And then it kept getting canceled. And I was like, when is it going to come back? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it it didn't. Yeah. um, Yeah. I had gone, I was looking forward to that. And I had gone on one coffee date with um, my friend Mary. It was the first time I had gotten out of the house, like postpartum. Yeah. And I was so excited. I was like, yes, like I need this. Like I realized how quickly I really, really needed that mm-hmm. time to just like not be so focused on my baby, you know, mm-hmm. even though like you go and you're talking about your <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't like I needed to be watching out for her 24 seven. And then it was the only thing I had done outside of the house, outside of, you know, appointments, like doctor's appointments. Um, And then everything got shut down. And I was still looking forward to those, you know, those meetings where I was like, yes, someone who can relate, who's with it, who's in it with me right now. I was Mm -hmm. very excited about that. So that Mm -hmm. was rough, too. (laughs) Yeah, i I feel all that. That was really hard for me too. How about like the rest of your postpartum processes? So more like that whole process, you're healing, you're trying to figure out your body's different. You have a different, like you have this new needy baby all the time. So as you two recovered, you know, was there anything that stood out to you about that time? Yeah. So um, this was kind of one of the like blessings, I would say. Um, I, so I had a long time recovering, um, like a little bit past the six week point. Um, it was kind of like an excuse to not have to leave the couch, honestly. So it extended my maternity leave on it. Like I was only Mm -hmm. supposed to do, um, six weeks or I was potentially doing three full months, but, um, it was going to be like half unpaid leave, um, but it extended my maternity leave and I was encouraged to like take the full three months. I was only planning on doing two, but my boss was like, take the full three. Got kind of called out. I was trying to escape the new warm phase. Not going to lie to you. It was a yeah. little at the time, yeah. but I like did the whole three months and it really allowed me to like stay put like take the time to recover. My husband was off with me for two months, um, which was incredibly helpful. Um, Like such a huge blessing that I got that and that he was able to take on a lot of the like running upstairs or diaper changes or things like that, that were going to be harder for me um, physically to do since it took me a while to physically heal. Um, But then I was able, like, not really having much that you can do. You know, you find the few things that you can. Um, And I 
ended up starting to just run once I was able I felt really good I had the time and the ability to run like my husband was home every day so I could go running before he started to work um with Mm -hmm. my friends and that was huge for me like just have it was something I could do outside um because it was uh spring into summer so we were able to run outside it was 30 minutes to an hour that I wasn't focused solely on Emma. I was able to talk to a friend about what I was going through um, while like starting to feel good, like physically, like I was getting stronger. Um, but I mean, I hadn't run or done really much physical activity, you know, pretty ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but that was like a really cool thing where I had the chance, you know, I wasn't working constantly. So I had the chance, um, to go and, you know, step outside of the house with my husband at home. So that was a pretty huge blessing too, which helped me mentally, emotionally, pretty drastically. I right. got home afterwards by myself and it was like a solid 10 minutes of just peace you know yeah 10 minutes that's all you needed (laughs) all you need (laughs) right I would say for me yeah some blessings I'll always start with the blessings when I can so I am more introverted, which some people don't know but I really am and so the fact that like no one you know the doctor was saying, don't have anybody over outside of immediate family. I was like, (laughs) you can definitely drop off a meal, but just leave it on the doorstep. Don't even got to see your face. Like I loved it a little too much, I think. Um, (laughs) But that was, I mean, people are so kind and like still brought the meals and still showed up for us. um, Even when they couldn't see Hadley, which was so kind. Some other blessings were, yeah, Evan just had one week off, but that was sweet that he was able to be with us for that first week. It's like, yeah, you are really recovering. (laughs) The waddle is real. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, because I was like, I mean, it's insane. Your eyeballs are crying. Your boobs are crying. Your vagina's <laughs> crying. Like, all different things. But, like, they're all crying at the same time. But oh, I kind so of true. just felt freedom to, like, lay in the shower a lot of the day. But then also... Stand in the shower. Hopefully you were standing. Yeah. A lot of the day. <laughs> crumpled at the bottom of the shower. <laughs> but then also, I ate whatever I wanted because, mm-hmm. like, I was burning a lot of stuff. And if I wasn't in my head, I was. And so, like, I lived my best life, like, oh, in that God. regard. So those were some highlights. Mm-hmm. Some hard things. <laughs> I... Definitely. So from before giving birth, started showing signs of like postpartum depression, like depression in general. And I think a lot of that had to do with um, grieving the twins, not being with us anymore, and then having an unplanned pregnancy and all the things with that. Um, So yeah, my bonding with my daughter took some time for sure. Um, And I feel like I was way more irritable and I just was crying often, not even being able to like pinpoint why I was crying. I remember 
um, Evan had already gone back to work and I was at the doctor's with Hadley and I just was a freaking mess. Like neither of us had slept really much of that night. And that's where it's like, am I just tired or am I depressed or Satan get behind me? Like, it's like all the things and you start to go crazy trying to like pinpoint which one of the things it is. But that day, like, oof, it was rough. And the doctor comes in and she's trying to like examine Hadley and Hadley's legitimately like losing her mind. And the doctor asks, she's like, can you hold your baby while I try to, and I literally looked at the doctor and I'm just like crying. I'm like, no, I'm literally not going to hold my kid. Like I can't even touch her. I can't look at her. Like I just was at such a low of like, man, just really feeling like she was so much more of a burden than a blessing. Um, and you learned so much about your love in that. Like I learned how conditional my love is and not how unconditional it is. It's like, oh, you slept for a few hours and you didn't have a blowout. Oh, you're super cute right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it taught me so much just about the Lord's love, honestly, for me and how I have so much room to grow in exuding that to others, especially my daughter. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still in, like, I wish I could be like, I have this like beautiful ending to my postpartum depression story where it's like, there's a beautiful bow and I could give you this wild encouragement. But like, the truth is I'm still in it. Um, I just had to up my depression meds. So like, I have not arrived at all. But um, my encouragement would be if you are really struggling with postpartum depression or depression in general, um, talk about it, like find a safe person to talk about it with, whether that's a counselor or a friend, um, a pastor, just anybody, just like, I encourage you to talk about it. And then I do think sometimes medicine is needed, not all the time, but sometimes you need that crutch um, while you start to begin the deeper work of healing. Like I don't, for me, I don't believe this medicine is healing me, but it's helping me get to a place where I can actually like work through it. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like in a whole way, like your mind, your, your soul, all that. Yeah. To even take to even be able to call the counselor to start counseling like mm-hmm. I need to be on medicine to like even balance myself out enough to be able to make that phone call mm-hmm. yeah and even to piggyback off of what Carly was saying like I um before uh like pre-pregnancy and uh pre-baby I had never really struggled with anxiety. Um, But even when you have like all the right kind of like, like you're set up for success, you know, like my husband works from home full time. Um, Yeah. I don't have to work insane hours. Like I'm at home with my baby. Um, Like I have a ton of family around me. Like I'm set up for success, but like I still I'm dealing with postpartum anxiety in a way like I've never dealt with anxiety before. And it's, it's like totally life altering right now. Um, And like you throw COVID in on that and like everything from this past year, um, like it's just, it's been really rough. Um, 
and I'm having to figure it all out, you know? So I feel like there's not really, you know, you can have the best of scenarios or the worst. Um, but like, you just don't know what to be prepared for. Um, so it kind of goes back to like expectations. Like I expected to be totally fine. You know, I'm going to even my first postpartum appointments and I'm like, yes, doctor, I'm great. I am doing so well, even though yes, in ways I am drowning, you know? Yeah. Like now I'm dealing with like the backlash of Mm -hmm. maybe not being as aware as I would have liked at the time. Like I wasn't intentionally lying to my doctor, but you know, now I'm having to deal with like months and months and months later, I'm dealing with the effects of pregnancy and having a baby um, when it comes to anxiety. Well, I think too, it's like, I remember at my postpartum checkup, you feel, it's like, you feel ashamed that like you are struggling. Like, I don't know why that's there. Like why that's a stigma. What is that? Stigma. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I like yeah. question why. I don't know why that's that word. But yeah, it's, shame is just, man, that is like the biggest hold on us. And so, especially being in COVID, we're already so isolated. That's why like my biggest encouragement with anxiety or depression, it's like, once you just start like talking about it, like freedom starts to, to break that shame. Like it just does. Mm -hmm. Healing can begin like when it's brought into the light, but when we keep it in the dark and like close our hands and hidden, 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 like it's not going to, you're not going to heal. Like it's going to continue to just eat you alive. And so, um, yeah, I would encourage you to bring it into the light. Like if you're struggling, because especially in a time of already isolation, it's so easy to stay comfortable in our depression and anxiety, which sounds so strange, but it's almost scarier to like begin the work of healing Mm-hmm. once you're comfortable it's become mm-hmm. like a old friend in a way yeah yeah I have another quick story um with how like that kind of thing relates to COVID like I um honestly I was so terrified to have sex after giving birth I was so so scared <laughs> like an entire baby just came out of me so I was like not ready for that and I went to my like kind of final checkup and um she kind of asked me just how I was feeling and I ended up telling her like she had kind of cleared me and no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean really though <laughs> but I like told her, Hey, I'm so scared. Like I am terrified if I'm being completely honest. And she was like, yeah, like I normally would send someone to like this. It was kind of like the lactation group, um, where you could just go to a support group and talk about it and get some advice. And she said that she normally would send, um, her patients there but the lady wasn't doing anything because of COVID. So I was like, another time I feel like I'm getting gypped. Like I have, who am I going to talk to about this? Like my mom, who <laughs> one of the only people who's showing up, like I love my mom, but like, you know, no thanks. <laughs> Should I talk to you? Mark's mom, who's the other person that we're seeing? Probably not. My stepmom, I'm going to go say no. You know, like the three kind of women I'm seeing regularly. I'm like, I love you, 
I don't need to talk to you about that. You know? So I'm like, who am I going to talk to right now? Like it, it was just pretty, it was pretty lonely at the time. Mm. Um, not knowing what to do. Hasn't it made you want to like be so intentional with new moms? Like I I hate the question now, like, how are you? (laughs) Let's just get into it. Like, is your vagina still bleeding out? Like, what do you need right now? Do you You actually ask those questions though? I do. Okay. Yeah, I really do. Are you scared about having sex? Like, talk to me. I can kind of share with you, (laughs) you know, the real, the real with that. The real, real. Yeah. Do you like your baby today or yeah, you know, like just the real Mm -hmm. questions instead of just the, how are you? Or people will be like, oh my gosh, isn't motherhood just the best? And then you're like, oh shoot. Like, I guess I have to say it is. Yes. Awesome. I guess I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Screaming at my baby, but like right now they're great. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I know. I was thinking you guys were talking about a lot of emotions and things struggling with like depression, anxiety, and, and, you know, suffice it to say your hormones and your emotions are going to be whack for a while. But I didn't know that I had such anger inside me personally. Like I am not an angry person. Like people would share, you know, from time to time. Yeah. I just struggle with that or, or being upset or I don't know, or lashing out. And I'm like, huh, I'm just the coolest, most <laughs> calm person. Like, especially in a family of women, like I'm the calm one. Like I don't struggle with that. And then like, here comes Coda and I don't even, I don't know. I don't even treat like my husband the way I've treated Coda. <laughs> Like with such anger sometimes. And he's like helpless. He did nothing to deserve this. And I remember thinking for the first time, oh my gosh, this is why people say, don't shake your baby. Yes. And I was like, there's no way. Because I was like, what kind of psychos are like shaking their babies? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to put that as a disclaimer? Yeah. And then suddenly it all makes sense because there's some weird urge in you. Maybe yeah. if I shake him, he'll stop or I can. It's like you're trying to vent and talk about shame. That is not something you want to share with someone. It's so hard. I, it's still so hard. I, I think something that's helped me with that is telling my husband Diego sometimes like I had a rough time putting him down to nap or whatever. He's been crying incessantly. So we try to check on each other mm-hmm. because Diego can also get frustrated. So it's like, how were you doing with Coda today? Did you have to step away? Did you step away? Did you put him down? Um, or like, I don't know, one time he was screaming his head off. And since then we didn't know what to do. So we were like, okay. And if there is a legit emergency, like we cannot handle taking care of this baby anymore. We're going to get in the car wherever we are and just like do a lap and see if he'll calm down. And we'll definitely calm down a little bit. Um, But we haven't had to do that yet, thankfully, but (laughs) the option's always there. And it's just helpful to have someone keeping you accountable, like asking, how are you doing? (laughs) You know, those checking questions are so, yeah, so helpful. That's a really good practical invitation to invite people into like, think of like even three questions that you and your spouse can ask each other every single night just to check in, see how you guys are really doing. That's, right. Yeah, that's really good. Or and if you don't have a spouse, maybe a friend, yes. not your mother-in-law. 
You were that person for me when Hadley fell off the bed. <laughs> I immediately texted you. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. <sighs> and you were like, well, I'm not going to respond. You can answer. Oh, no, no. I said he's fallen off of two different things. And then there was another thing. <laughs> I didn't want to call you out. God, it's <laughs> no. fallen off the bed many times. Don't worry. <laughs> We're trying here as young parents, and we definitely mess up. They're very durable. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Thankful for hard newborn heads. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that'll preach. I wanted to ask, um, you know, I'm thinking of some friends right now who are currently pregnant or have young babies and COVID's still going on. And yes, the summer's coming, but who knows if that will really bring us, you know, the freedom we all desire and, um, and, and bring a lot of change yet. I just don't know. So what would you tell a mom who's struggling and discouraged, especially feeling limited, you know, like I'm limited by what I can do. I'm limited by where I can go. Um, I'm so tired of online stuff. I don't even know, you know, what are some thoughts for them? Um, I think I would say, you know, I am, I'm opposite of Carly. I'm very social. So I really, you know, struggled with not seeing people. Um, so if you are a pretty social person in general, like find text Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Um, yeah, find like the things that you can do. So like I found I had a really small circle of people that I saw. Um to just, you know, keep it pretty close. And I just found, you know, ways to see them outside. So going for runs outside, that was a really good for me, like take the time to like, actually think about what would work for you. You know, even doing if you want to like FaceTime games with your family, like we did that. And that was so helpful, you know, So finding like, yeah, taking the time to find what really works for you um, is really helpful, um, especially because, I mean, pregnancy is just so rough, honestly. Like it's, you know, some people maybe glow. I did not. (laughs) I did not glow. Um, I hated pregnancy. Um, But all I did was just sit around. And, you know, that was pre-COVID. But all I did was just lay around and it just like perpetuated it it just perpetuated the cycle of constantly feeling terrible. So if I would have just taken the time to like actually continue to see people and, you know, go for walks often, um, I like when I did go on walks, it made me feel so much better Mm -hmm. um, mentally and physically um, and emotionally. So I would say whatever you don't feel like doing, you most likely should do Mm -hmm. like, just do it. Go for the walk. Go call someone. Um, get off of Netflix. I <laughs> think I binged all of um, what's the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> the show. Not friends. Not friends. No. One Tree Hill. Oh my God. No. The Office. No. It's. No, it's with Blake Lively. You know, oh, Blake Gossip Lively. Girl. Gossip Girl. Oh, yes. Yeah, I binge watched all of Gossip Girl in my pregnancy. 
and, and like not the entire pregnancy, you know, like it was maybe a month, you know, like that's all <laughs> I did. So yeah, do what, do what you know will make you feel better. Um, take the time to figure out what works for you. Um, if you like to socialize, figure out like if you're comfortable, like seeing people, like seeing if people can come over, um, maybe small groups, if um, that's what you feel comfortable with doing um like yeah having your circle knowing who your group can be me and Carly and some other friends have had our ladies nights and you know that's what works for us kind of what we live for it's what we are living for right now it's (laughs) when we can be the most honest you know we found our group that you know we're all in completely different stages of life like completely different people we got a but, grandma coming. You know who you are. Shout out. <laughs> it, but it really, it's amazing how much having just one group of people that you know you can talk to and share your like complete unfiltered thoughts because mm-hmm. you have a lot of them in pregnancy and postpartum. You have a lot. So having people that can relate that you can talk with is extremely helpful. Yeah. I think just adding to that, for me, what's been super helpful is having some kind of rhythm and routine mm-hmm. so that there's some steadiness and like constant mm-hmm. as like everything else is unknown and chaos, it feels like. And so whether that's a walk every Wednesday at 10 or it's yoga virtual at this time, or um, I was doing an online Bible app with a f- some friends, um, I think just choosing to have some consistency in the midst of all of the unknowns that those first few months hold um, has been really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you guys have learned so much, and, and me too. You know, we've learned so much. Sometimes we've fallen, we've made mistakes, but through those things, I think we've learned a lot through parenting our little almost one-year-olds or one-year-olds. <laughs> So it's been so cool to hear your stories and your encouragement. Thank you guys for sharing and for making us laugh. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, this is so fun. This was this was my rest of the day. Yeah. This is my girl time of the day. Yes. I love it. And right back at you, Caitlin. It's been so fun to watch you flourish in motherhood and see Diego as a dad. It's just mm-hmm. so beautiful to get to see so fun yeah, to stand man. with you in this and that we live so close together and we're like actually able to like raise our kids together and go to each other's kids birthday parties and arrange their marriages <laughs> <laughs> we will let coda make his own choice when the day comes <laughs> i'm gonna hypnotize him hearing my daughter <laughs> i just want to be in laws with you that's really all <laughs> i know i know, I know. That would be pretty fun. Well, thanks for sharing how being a mom during COVID has been. Thanks for spending some time with us. Talk to you guys later. Sounds good. Bye, Caitlin. Bye. Bye, guys.